Aaron Rodgers already has a calf strain for the Jets. Should they be a little worried about the Aaron Rodgers experience already? We're going to talk about that and much more on today's edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. Let's roll, baby. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to a Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. Football fans, we got a lot of great stuff to dive into today. First, buyer beware. Should the Jets already have some remorse over their decision to give their franchise away to Aaron Rodgers? And we're going to talk about a dark horse Super Bowl candidate in the AFC and in the NFC. Before we get into that, do want to thank you guys for making the Locked On NFL Podcast your first listen Every day, remember, Monday through Friday, NFL content all year long, always for free on YouTube and your favorite podcast app. Thanks to our everydayers out there listening to the show Monday through Friday. Remember, on tomorrow's show, you're going to get the combination of Chris Carter and your boy Q. They do a fantastic job, and they're going to have a great show lined up for you guys tomorrow. Make sure that you tune into that. Get subscribed. Stay subscribed to the Locked On NFL Podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland, here with my co-host, Alex Clancy. Let's dive right in, Alex. Aaron Rodgers got some interesting information from Diana Russini from ESPN. She talked to multiple Jets players and coaches, talked to some of her sources within the organization. She said that Aaron Rodgers, quote, has a lot of say, in all caps, a lot of say, in the building with the Jets right now. She also had this quote from a Jets source, quote, Aaron Rodgers runs this team, and we are all fine with it because it's working, end quote. Then, in the first day of OTAs, or the second day of OTAs for the Jets, Aaron Rodgers gets a calf strain. He said himself that he tweaked the calf. Alex, we're talking about a cantankerous personality here who has been given... You know, carte blanche, basically, with a new organization that doesn't know him all that well with the time they've spent together so far. Should New York fans and maybe the organization be a little bit worried here that they've given too much power to a guy who you might not trust with all that power? This is like the start of a Disney movie where the antagonist is somebody that's kind of an outlier, kind of an outlaw that comes to this young group of, you know, the school of, you know, high school football that, you know, is rich in history, but has been down on their luck. And, and it turns around at the end and he becomes, like becomes the homecoming king. Spoiler alert. This ain't going to be that. Okay. <laughs> this is exactly what they signed up for. This is exactly what they knew could potentially happen. And this is exactly the hurricane Aaron Rodgers that we see coming through East Rutherford slowly, but surely inching closer. This is one avatar of the hundred different selfish avatars that Aaron Rodgers, you know, embodies depending on the state that he's in, whether he's doing his retreat or trying to decide what he wants to do or playing the victim or asking people about different things. Like, right. I don't feel bad for the jets. They know exactly what they did. It was rational to them 
to be able to catch lightning in a bottle for one season, maybe two, in, in, in an AFC East that showed weakness towards the end of last season with Josh Allen, they see a chance to leapfrog New England, to leapfrog Tua, and to potentially leapfrog the, the Bills in an effort to completely blow up Orchard Park. You know, it, it blow up that, that roster. So I understand. I think it's a calculated and necessary risk. But anything that you're surprised about coming out of East Rutherford, that's on you because this is exactly what the Jets signed up for. And I think they're happy to do it in an effort to win more games than they lose in 2023 and potentially 2024. I agree. I think we're seeing a desperate team. It's been a long time since the Jets made the playoffs. I believe it might be the longest drought in the NFL, um, at least second longest, I, I believe. And they want to make a big splash. When you draft a quarterback really high like they did with Zach Wilson and it doesn't look like it's working out, that gives you like a desperate feel of, we can't just do that again. They did the Sam Darnold thing. They did the Zach Wilson thing. It didn't work out. So they want whatever the opposite of that is. And the opposite of that is going to one of the oldest quarterbacks in the NFL. And when you have a rookie, you give them no control. They're a rookie. All right? You hope for the best, but you give them no control. Now, they're like, we're doing the exact opposite. We're going to go get you know one of the oldest guys in the league, like I said, and we're going to give him total control. But what is Aaron Rodgers, when has Aaron Rodgers showed you that when he's in total control, the team is going to do what you hope it's going to do? It just, it, it, it reminds me of, uh, I believe it's from the league, where the guy's like, you know, it never works for anybody ever, but maybe it'll work for us. Yeah, You know, right. it just, it, it, it just reminds me of that. And he's already got the calf strain, which is a, re a reminder of his mortality. Um yeah, it's all well and good. He's all bought in. That's what Diana Rossini's reporting. He's all in. Rodgers cares about all the little details. And this, to me, reminds me of Kyrie Irving when he went to the Ma Dallas Mavericks. It's all good. It's all positive when you just show up. But what happens when you hit some adversity? What happens when the Jets are 2-4? and four? Is Aaron Rodgers' tone going to change? Is he going to be more worried about taking darkness retreats and going on podcasts than he is winning when things don't go well? because he's not bought into this organization and he hasn't grown up with this organization, what's going to happen then? So I think it's fair for the Jets to maybe have some buyer beware, but at the end of the day, it, it's far too early to uh, to say it's a mistake or anything yeah, like right. that. Yeah, we got to see it play out, but I understand some fans are seeing those quotes from Diana Rossini, seeing this cash strain and being like, wait a minute, what did we sign ourselves up for here? Yeah, sure. And, uh, you know, having said all of that, and all the vitriol we have against Aaron Rodgers, and rightfully so. You He's have a, against Aaron Rodgers. Oh, please. I mean, should we record from the beginning of our conversations? No. Um, <laughs> he's a damn good football player. Okay, right, so, right, right, right. so the juice is worth the squeeze in that respect, we think. Now, he's never had on paper, over the last handful of years at least, the offensive, like, potential – that this right. roster has, they're very young. Okay, I'm not comparing any, I'm not comparing Garrett Wilson to Devontae Adams or Jordy Nelson or anybody like that. Jordy Nelson, favorite receiver of all time, by the way. Him and DeAndre Hopkins. Jordy Nelson is going to go down in history as one of the most underrated, doesn't matter. Right. He can make magic happen in New York. Now, selfishly, I can't wait until the New York Jets media really gets a crack at him. Because we'll see how much he cares about football then. We'll see how much he really... Because Green Bay, every, 
people were happy to have him there. It didn't really matter. He had yeah. the key to the city. He could say whatever he wanted, whatever he didn't want, you know, whatever. The Jets, the media there are going to take him to task. And I'm that's what I'm most curious to see. All of this is just kind of fluff until we get to the regular right. season. Obviously. It's the it's the honeymoon period. He's there, the media are seeing him, they want their interviews, blah, 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 this and that. Well, again, when they're two and four in the middle of October. What, what's going to be the vibes then? But with that being said, we are going to move forward. We're going to talk AFC and NFC Super Bowl dark horses. We're going to look at the Super Bowl odds on FanDuel Sportsbook and see exactly which teams may not have the best odds to win the Super Bowl but could be a very good payday if you bet on them. Before we get into that, though, do got to tell you guys about FanDuel Sportsbook. Oh, look at that. Uh, America's number one sports book and worth saying that we're getting ready to go into the NBA finals going to be the Denver Nuggets pour one out for uh, Alex and I's Lakers and their season ended but it's going to be the Denver Nuggets and probably the Miami Heat we'll see there but either way get some skin in the game have some fun while you're watching it check out betting on FanDuel Sportsbook for the NBA finals and right now new customers can get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets, even if your first bet doesn't win. They have great promotions every day. The app's safe and secure. It's easy to get paid instantly as well. There's no better place to bet on the NBA Finals than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash on and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash on. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Locked on NFL Thursday with, you know, list season not necessarily here just yet. We're starting to see rumblings, but we have the June 1st cut date. You know, we've got other things that we, we get to discuss before. Tyler and I like to make our own list season just whenever we want because ain't nothing happening that's new. So we really need to, like, come up with storylines that people may talk about later that you get to hear first here. So thank you for making Locked on NFL your first listen. Make sure to check out tomorrow, Chris Carter, your boy Q. Um, they, I love those guys. I just did a little Great. spot for for Chris Carter with Marcus Golden signing with the Steelers. Um, yeah, man, two of the best in the business. You get to check them out tomorrow here on Locked On NFL, free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Long shots going into next season, the AFC and NFC. We're gonna hit them both this segment, and then I want to ask Tyler in the third segment what he thinks of DeAndre Hopkins. I talk about DeAndre Hopkins like he is a top 10 receiver in the league still, even though he's played in the league 10 years and he's been injured the last two. I really want kind of an introspective look on DeAndre Hopkins from a guy that isn't me. And I'm curious to see what, you know, what others think about that. So Tyler, he's got him pulled up on FanDuel. The long shots outside of, you know, the top couple in each conference, which team in the AFC and NFC have the best chance to win the Super Bowl outside of the top-tier uh, top tier teams, odds-wise. Tyler, take it away. Well, first and foremost, on FanDuel Sportsbook right now, if you want Super Bowl odds for 2024, the Kansas City Chiefs are plus 600 as the number one favorite. Then you have the Philadelphia Eagles at plus 850. Then the Buffalo Bills at plus 900. Then the San Francisco 49ers at plus 950. Then the Bengals at plus 1,000. Then there's a big drop to the Dallas Cowboys at plus 1,400. Uh, for me... The, the team that I'm looking at 
is the team that we just talked about, and it's the New York Jets at plus 1,400. Hmm. Um, I, I think that while the odds are better that it doesn't work out, that things don't go well, you kind of hinted at it at the end of the first segment there. This is a lot of offensive talent and definitely more resources towards the wide receiver position than Aaron Rodgers has really seen since, what, the last decade? Uh, Garrett Wilson, great first year, um, sitting at wide receiver to be his number one wide receiver. They bring in Alan Lazard, who's someone he's comfortable with. They add McCole Hardman, who can play in the slot. They still have Randall Cobb, who can play in the slot, Denzel Mims, Corey Davis. I mean, Corey Davis, Denzel Mims, and Randall Cobb could be a, a starting group of wide receivers for a bad team. I mean, that I mm-hmm. cover the Titans. I, I would take Burks over Davis, but my God, those three guys are probably better than what the Titans are going to line up in week one. So the second group of three wide receivers for the Jets it is a pretty solid group there. You add in depth on the offensive line. Makai Becton looking healthy and in shape. Elijah Vera Tucker coming back. They added Joe Tipman. Tyler Conklin and C.J. Ozama, Jeremy Ruckert. They add Zach Kuntz as well, who is a, a guy who played at a lower level of college football, but six foot seven and has incredible athleticism. I mean, they have, if Brees Hall comes back healthy, not even like uh, Izzy Abanaconda, who they added out of pit in the draft at running back, who's a home run threat. I just think they have a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. And Robert Sala is going to have all their talent on the defensive side of the ball playing very well. They still have a great pair of corners. And DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner, uh, Carl Lawson coming back. Obviously, Quinn and Williams still in. Solomon Thomas off the bench on the D-line. They add Will McDonald in the first. I mean, they have a lot of talent on defense that I trust Robert Sala to coach up. And if Aaron Rodgers can be all in and get this offense going with all the talent that they have and the depth that they have, I, I think there is a realm of possibility where the Jets win a Super Bowl. They need a lot to break right. And of course, it's not very likely, which is why they aren't one of the top five options in terms of odds on FanDuel. But I think the Jets have enough talent. If things break right, they, they can make a run. Yeah. And can you give me those top five again? Because I was I was really uh, immersed in what you were saying. I want to make sure I get this right. Yeah. Uh, Chiefs plus 600. Eagles plus 850. Bills plus 900. San Francisco 49ers plus 950, Bengals plus 1,000. Those are the top five, and then there's a a big drop between anybody else. Yeah, and I understand the Jets. I mean, the Jets teach tape since trading Jamal Adams. Aside aside from drafting, you know, Zach Wilson, which was a huge problem. I mean, them drafting quarterbacks, Mark Sanchez, you know, they drafted in 2010, like Sam Darnold. They just missed on all their quarterbacks. But Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall in the same draft, you know, with uh, – what was his name? Um – with Jermaine Johnson sandwiched in between, like they nailed that. They won last year's draft, them in Houston. And, and when you look at like, I don't know if this is true or not, but it feels true to me right now. So I'm going to say it and hopefully Peter Bukowski doesn't punish me, but is this on paper potential wise, the most balanced roster Aaron Rodgers has ever been on? You're muted. Never, never happens for me. Yeah, there we go. I, I know this this button. Just hydrate, kids. That's what the lesson is from that. <laughs> but it's got to be top three, top five best yeah. rosters in his yeah. career, I, right? Right, because it was always offense or defense. 
you know, they never really got it right uh, in Green Bay. I know that when they won the Super Bowl, et cetera, it doesn't matter. My pick is the Chargers. And it's going to be the Chargers okay. until either Brandon Staley gets fired or Brandon Plus Staley emerges. 2,500. Yeah. So which way I think better like, odds on the Chargers than the Jets. Yeah, and I think you and I are in the camp that we'd like to see the Chiefs and the Chargers play 17 games a year. Like, that would be one of the matchups we'd want to see every week. Yeah. And I think with Justin Herbert having a down year last year, them drafting a wide receiver, if everybody's healthy, Austin Eckler just got a little extra cheese that makes him happy right now, and even though he's a free agent next year. The defense went healthy with Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa and Derwin James. Like, on paper, they pro- – as I, I said this during last offseason, to a T, they have the best 22 players to start a game in the NFL. And, I, I mean, like, if I were to go for a long shot, that would be it. I want to see what Justin Herbert is made of. I want to see the offense look different, put the ball in his hands a little bit more than relying on Austin Eckler for everything. But, yeah, I mean, that's that that's where I'd go. And then, you know, let's pivot to the NFC. Uh, Tyler, I know you mentioned some of the – a couple NFC team names at the top, but, like, long shot-wise, what NFC team do you see as coming out of potentially having the best chance to come out and win the Super Bowl as a long shot? Okay, so I wanted to go with one that was truly a long shot. I mean, I picked the yeah. Jets. They're up there. I wanted to go with one that was truly a long shot. And I'm going with the Atlanta Falcons. Plus 5,500. I think they're in the, the bottom 10 or the bottom 12 of odds. Uh, so you look, the Falcons added a ton, a ton of players on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, they added Calais Campbell. They had Bud Dupree, uh, Jesse Bates. They trade for Jeff Okuda. I mean, they added quite a few options on the defense to try to get themselves a little more talent and a little more depth over there. On offense, pretty solid offensive line. Bijan Robinson could be an immediate impact player. Add in Drake London. Add in Kyle Pitts. They got Jonu Smith back with Arthur Smith, which I think is huge. Uh, if Desmond Ritter gives them any, they have Taylor Heineke behind him, who you are a truther for. I think that I the was. Falcons have enough. Uh, right, 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 right. It's <laughs> it's it's quelled in 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 recent years, but uh, I think with with all the talent that the Falcons added on defense. Uh, with Arthur Smith having a lot of talent on offense. And then, of course, with the NFC South not being that much to write home about, I think the Falcons could get themselves in the playoffs. And if they get hot and things break right, they might be a team that could surprise us. Yeah. I mean, okay. I don't even know how to synthesize (laughs) that as a potential option. I don't. But I understand your stance because I heard them. I don't necessarily agree with them. while. You know, I'm a Jared Goff truther in the NFC. I'm not picking the, the Detroit Lions. Like, I feel like they're not there yet, and I feel like this is going to be the year where it's like they're going to be on TV a lot, and they deserve to be. They're one of the most fun teams in football. We got to see now. Now there are expectations in Detroit. There weren't before. So those two years, no, it's like a freshman starting on, on a varsity, freshman and sophomore year. You want to get time. You want to get playing time. You want to get better. And then your junior year is when you pop, when colleges start to look at you and things like that. Like, now it's the time to pop, and I don't know if Jared Goff has that in him, even though I am a truther. Mine is Seattle. Like, if you look at – like, they check the boxes, okay? Pete Carroll – Plus 4,000. Plus yeah, 4,000, middle of the pack. Love him or hate him. Pete Carroll yeah. is a winning head coach, okay? Right. He's Mike Tomlin-ish. They've had a couple bad years, but they run the ball, and they just find guys that play defense well in that system. 
Doesn't matter who the DC is. Doesn't matter if it's Dan Quinn or somebody else. John Schneider and Pete Carroll work magic in the Pacific Northwest. Add to that a cavalcade, myriad, every single a position baby. on Cornucopia. offense is ready to rock. That is the most fun offense to play in Madden. Maybe you trade out Geno Smith. But the idea is Geno Smith is good enough to get that team to the Super Bowl. Yeah, That offense is definitely on paper good enough yeah. to get to the Super Bowl. Sun, sleet, torrential rain, torrential snowball, that offense can adapt. And you know, that's my biggest thing. If you can play offense and defense, regardless of the weather, if you can play a game that, that fits, you put points on the board and win, that's why it's Seattle. Now, Gino does leave something to be desired. Okay, I understand that. But he's not a game manager. He's a little bit above that. He's not a great quarterback. He's a little bit below that. But an average quarterback can win Super Bowls. We've seen it happen. Alex Clancy, Tyler Rowland, locked on NFL Thursday, going a little bit long. I like talking to my buddy once a week, and I'm glad that people get to hear it. Thanks for making Locked on NFL your first listen. DeAndre Hopkins under a microscope. Am I too close to it? Have I fanboyed too much, even when he was in Houston, to think that he's not still an elite quarterback that should garner more than a fourth or fifth round pick if the Cardinals end up, or if the Cardinals end up cutting him? What's the market for him? We'll talk about it next, Locked on NFL Thursday. All right, so I talk about this player a lot because he's on the Arizona Cardinals, and that is the team I host a podcast for on this platform called the Locked On Podcast Network. And I've been a fan of DeAndre Hopkins forever. Alex Clancy, Locked On Cardinals, Tyler Rowland, Locked On Titans. Follow him at Tic Tac Titans on Twitter. And I kind of want to have a little, you know, check, a little litmus test on where I am compared to where everybody else is as it pertains to DeAndre Hopkins. Tyler, take off your Ryan Tannehill, Will Levis hat for a second and tell me if you think that DeAndre Hopkins, when healthy, is still a top 10 receiver in the league. Uh, I think when healthy, you're right. He is. He still has the talent. And the one thing that really stands out to me is DeAndre Hopkins never won with pure athleticism. It was more his length, his savvy. I mean, he's a monster in contested catch situations. It's not like yep. DeAndre Hopkins is a guy that, you know, like Tyreek Hill that's getting incredible separation or even Devontae Adams with his incredible release package. I mean, I'm not saying that Hopkins isn't a, a man of his craft, but he's a guy who has used his physical tools to kind of win battles that maybe people thought he shouldn't have won. I mean, think about his highlight catches. They're all going up over top of people when things are tight. That's what he does best. So I think that his game, it's sort of like Steph Curry. Steph Curry's a fantastic athlete. You know what I mean? But Curry's probably going to be able to have success late into his career because he doesn't rely on the things that you lose as you go throughout the rest of your career, your elite athleticism. So uh, LeBron's just a totally different animal in general. He got old and didn't lose his athletic gifts. So Whatever, no time for that. But I'm just saying, I think that Hopkins' skill set and his play style as a player will allow him to be effective as he goes a little bit longer in his career. But this isn't men. You can't turn off injuries. And I think the risk involved with DeAndre Hopkins makes it to where the Cardinals may not 
get more than a fourth or fifth round because I think it's two different situations. One, it's DeAndre Hopkins and the risk involved with him. And then it's the Cardinals situation. DeAndre Hopkins is set to be a $30 million cap hit. Where the Cardinals are at as a team with no Kyler Murray this year with the injury, there's just no reason for them to be spending $30 million in cap space to keep Hopkins around. He's more valuable to the Cardinals as a future asset if they can get one for him. But on the flip side, $19 million salary that a team trading for DeAndre Hopkins would have to take on only $15 million next year. So that's not too bad if he's the guy that you're saying that he is. But you look, 10 games in 2021, that was because of a PED suspension, right? Nine games last year due to soft tissue injuries. And I am a guy who covers the Titans. Taylor Lewan, offensive tackle, got popped for using PEDs at the beginning of the 2019 season. And then ever since then, wasn't able to get right. Is it because he had a bad knee surgery that the surgeon didn't do a right job for? Which, in fairness, Taylor Lewan is suing the surgeon for the, for the you know, the, the performance of the surgery. I'm not a doctor. So, you know, getting into the technical terms. But I'm just saying, could it be another scenario where a guy who is a pretty high-level player gets popped for PDs, starts getting older, doesn't want to take the juice anymore because he doesn't want to get caught again, and he's just not able to stay healthy anymore? And I think that that's in the realm of possibility. 572 yards in 2021 in 10 games, 717 yards in nine games last year, along with the cost, along with being 31 years old this season. His production's going down. Injuries are going up. Money is still, 20 million is still a lot. I just think all of that, if he's healthy, I think, yeah, you probably still have a top 10 wide receiver, but with the money, with the injury risk, with kind of the trend that he's on statistically, I think it's fair to have concerns. And I think uh, that the concerns with Hopkins, along with the Cardinals' desperation and logic to get off of him right now, it makes it hard for them to maximize the return in a trade. Yeah, you know, what I've said, and I mean, I agree with most of what you said. I mean... He, the PDA suspension was this past season. That's the only part, but you don't. Oh, okay. So like it's, it's okay. It's All right. Yeah. Same. Doesn't yeah. matter. Doesn't matter. Um, I have this theory. Players on teams that aren't performing sometimes tend to stay injured longer. Okay. I understand. So it's just a, it's kind of an, uns, it's just a thing. Like right. Eric Gordon's the perfect example. Bas- I don't know why I always go to basketball. When the, the when the Hornets were bad, he was injured all the time. When the Rockets were bad, he was injured all the time. And then when teams are good, he plays all the time. Like, I know yeah. it's not exactly the same. I'm not saying people sit out when they're healthy. I'm just saying, like, there's gamesmanship involved. Now, that's not to say teams lie or anything like that, but it's just a thing. Marcus right? Mariota, last year for the Falcons, once he got benched, all of a sudden he decided to leave and go have a knee surgery. Arthur Smith even said, we still wish Marcus was with us. But once he got benched, he's like, you know what? My knees hurt all year. I'll play through it if I'm playing, but if I'm not playing, then I'm going to go get surgery and you're going to pay me to rehab and I'm going to go home. So you're right. It's not that players are healthy enough to play and they just decide not to, but there's that line where, hey, what are you doing for me? And everybody who's ever worked anywhere understands, hey, there's a big thing going on at work. I don't really want to do it. 
you're not really paying me what I deserve or I'm not happy about something that happened, I might call in sick that day. Leave you guys to your own devices. So everybody should understand how that give and take works with your job, no matter what job you have. Yeah, and just for 100% clarity, I'm not saying that anything fuzzy is happening. Like, that's not what I meant. I just meant like, say DeAndre Hopkins moves to another organization. He wants- The Bills, just say the Bills. He's, well, he said multiple times he wants more stable front office. Like he just, yep. he wants out. Like, yeah. So I like my, my biggest fear going into it, and we'll get out of here on this. So my biggest fear going into this past season was that DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Brown wouldn't play meaningful snaps together because there wouldn't be any sort of proof that they right. could be world beaters together. And now Never with that, it. the Cardinals being devoid of that after last season, moving off from him is probably the right idea. I am still holding out the hope that, they extend him, front load this year, placate him for 2023, and then in 2024, with all those picks, you go gangbusters and go nuts offensively. But it's just interesting to get a perspective about DeAndre Hopkins. You know, he's still one of my favorite wide receivers just because you're right. He doesn't rely on speed. He can play forever, barring barring health. So that's going to do it for us. Tyler, Roland, at Tic Tac Titans. Yes. Alex Clancy, Clancy's Corner. Thank you for making Locked on NFL your first listen. Make sure to come back tomorrow. Chris Carter, your boy Q, will bring it home. Have a good weekend. We'll talk to you next Thursday. I don't know why I'm talking like this, but we're out. Bye.